Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Tatva Tuesday. This is Lindsay Warwick, the conduit on YouTube and Spotify, uh, having the spiritual conversation interview series. Uh, super excited this week having Allison McKellar Clarity. She is the body, mind, and soul behind Magic Room Ministries. So super stoked to have her on the podcast this week. Hey, Allison. What's up? Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here as well. Um, I am just, I'm super stoked. I felt drawn to you for a while now. And uh, I had asked you to be on the podcast before we actually did any work together. And we've done some work together now. And uh, it's just, it's so in alignment that you're on the podcast now. Super excited to hear all the things that you have to share with us. So tell us how you got on your spiritual journey. Like, how did you get on the spiritual path? I know. I know. (laughs) If I can remember that far back, I actually sprang forth from the womb talking about (laughs) my past lives. I believe it. My mom tells a story where, um, and I don't remember this, but mom is very fond of telling this story where we were riding in the car and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I said, I'm reincarnating. And she said, you're what? And so I said it again. And she goes, who told you that? And I said, nobody, I just know. And, um, you know, I remembered, I remembered a lot of my past lives as a kid. I also remember choosing my parents. This, that I actually do remember. Um, this is not me remembering through my mom telling a story. I remember choosing my parents. And luckily I had a mom that was, she didn't freak out because I described a bedroom in a house that I had never lived in. That where, where I was conceived and uh, you know, Luckily, like I said, luckily she didn't try to squash it or freak out or, or make me feel weird about any of that stuff. So, um, you know, it's just kind of been like that my whole life, you know, and, um, things happened where like when I was a kid, I had a recurring dream of the last time I died. Yeah. Um, and I, I dreamed that dream every night for probably about three years. Uh, I knew I was in Colorado. I knew that I was with my college roommate. I knew that we were going home. We were in a yellow Volkswagen Beetle with skis on the back, little ski racks on the back. And we drove off the cliff. I've never tried to corroborate that because I know it so much in in the depths of me that I, I never really felt compelled to like look that up. Did two young girls die in a crash off the side of a mountain and call, you know, like how would you even really find that out? So I never really tried to corroborate that, but that was another thing uh, that happened when I was a kid. And then, I don't know, my mom was really cool. She when I was little, she did this thing where we went to a different church every week, a different kind of church. So Mm. we went to a Catholic church, we went to a Protestant church, and we lived in Southern California at the time. So there were all kinds of um, weird churches. (laughs) Uh, So we went to a Catholic church, a Protestant church, a Mormon church, um, a Jewish Jewish temple. We went to the Moonies, we went to a Buddhist temple, I mean, across the board. So I like to say that my mom taught me how to be a pagan. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I found something that was valuable in all of that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm coming from. It's been kind of treading this path my whole life. Yes, I think that is amazing. Um, And it's so in alignment with kind of 
the whole concept behind the conduit and behind the top of Tuesday series, like you literally said that you went to all these different congregations and learned the, the spiritual paths, right. And all of it sort of culminates and leads to one. And so I love that that was your actual experience. That's kind of what, that's like my whole goal of this is to just show that there are so many paths to spirit, to God, um, and I just, I love that so much. Um, also, what is a Mooney? Never heard of that. <laughs> um, I was really little when we went to that. And I think that might be a slang term. Okay. It, I think it's derivative of Hinduism. Okay. I don't really know. Like I was really little and uh, yeah, I think it's a derivative of Hinduism. All right. I don't know. We had this. Uh, we had this church in Encinitas, California, and everybody, everybody just called it the Mooney Church. And it was this big, kind of compound, and it had these high white walls, and it had these gold onion domes. It was a beautiful place, and the inside had all these gardens, and it was it was beautiful. Um, but like I said, I was super little, so I don't really remember a lot about it. Interesting. So let's talk about, you know, Magic Room Ministries. What is it? What do you do? When did you start it? Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. The reason for the name is when I moved in with my then boyfriend, now husband, I went into, I took all, I really like came with nothing. I was in this life transitional period where I literally came with my clothes, my books and my art supplies. I had nothing. And I liked it that way. Like I had just moved back across the country from California and it was, you know, at the beginning, it looked like it was running around my Saturn return. So everything was just kind of like completely changing. So I didn't really have a lot of stuff, but I did have my art supplies because I have to make things or I just don't function properly. So I took all my art supplies into the spare room and I started setting up my studio and he was just fascinated. Like he was like, you can take a piece of wire and then three seconds later, it's a butterfly. Like, well, I don't get you, right? So he, he dubbed it the magic room because he said that I could go in there and take a pile of what looked like junk and turn it into something beautiful. So he called it the magic room. And that just kind of stuck. I love uh, it. <laughs> I love I, that. Yeah. And he, you know, he's a really good supporter of mine and he, he gets me, you know. Bless him. I right? love that so much. And I love how he said you could take a something like a pile of junk and turn it into a masterpiece it's like yeah. you are you're an alchemist that's what you do you turn yeah. you know and that's I feel like that's who you are too as just having experienced uh, healing with you and just the support following after it's like you help people turn their pain and turn it into this gold you're an alchemist literally I just I have I'm felt like I, I feel like I'm gonna cry I'm gonna try to keep it together can't promise anything. I always cry. I just have such reverence and respect for you. Um, and, and I just honor you. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful for just the opportunity to, to be able to work with you. Um, let's, uh, talk about, I'm like, God, I want to talk to you about so many things. Uh, the past life stuff that you do, like how, I mean, obviously you, you have had this gift since you were a kid. And uh, when did you start working with other people, like utilizing your gift? And, and if you want to talk about some of those experiences, um, you know, of course, anonymously or, or whatever, uh, loved, would love to hear about that and how it's helped other people. Thanks. Yeah. And thanks for saying what you just said. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody likes to be gassed up a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Me included. I'm being real. <laughs> so. Uh, 
when I was about 14, um, my mom and I went to a group, uh, transcendental, it was a transcendental meditation group. And we went every week and the woman who facilitated it, her name was Wanda Day. And I was, I was able to drop in very easily at a very young age Mm. and had very intense visions during these meditations. And she wanted a um, kind of started to encourage me to do what she was doing back then. And I just kind of ignored it. Uh, and I ignored it for a long time. I went and when I moved back to California, I, I did the, um, I was uh, doing craft fairs and Grateful Dead shows. And <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> I was like doing all this magic stuff. Um, you know, somebody in a in a gathering I was in not too long ago said oh uh, this is witchy we used to just call it hippie right (laughs) so it's that level of of being in touch with um you know the universe and this change of the seasons and all that stuff so I was always kind of involved in all that and I would talk to people like if they had like if they would say you know, I met this person and I felt like I knew them instantly. I'd say that's past life stuff, you know, mm. before. or, you know, oh, I went to this place and I felt like I, I knew what was there. And, you know, I, I was, you know, very um, familiar with this place's vibrations. That's past life stuff. Right. So I didn't start acting actually regressing people until I think it was 2018 when I started doing it. Um, I received a hypnotherapy credential and the entire thrust of why I got that credential was to do past life regressions. Mm -hmm. I feel like people need somebody that gets it need somebody that has memories, needs somebody that will tell them that they're not crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's me, <laughs> right? I'm going to yeah. tell you you're not crazy because I remember stuff too. Um, so I started in, I think it was about 2018. And at first, when I started, I thought that the stuff that I was seeing was mine. Mm. but none of it really like resonated in my body at all but I was just kind of denying that I was seeing other people's stuff like the client stuff so uh, how it has evolved I've begun to trust myself Mm. and now when I do a regression and I'm not going to say always because the minute I say always the next client's going to come to me and I won't get anything right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Most of the time when I do a regression with somebody, there there will be places during the session where I'm quiet and they're just in their head doing the heavy lifting, if you will. And Mm. during those times, I'm getting all this information. I'm getting a lot of information and it's very detailed and I've learned to trust it. And I've learned to understand that it does belong to the client and not me. Mm-hmm. And generally after the session, when I've pulled them back up out of trance state and we begin to deconstruct what happened, I listen to what they got and we look at what they got and we go over the symbolism of what they got. And then I tell them what I got and we go over mm-hmm. that symbolism and it always, and I will say always on this. It always just goes like this. It does. It really does. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been, it's been very interesting and I love to do a past life regression. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I feel like 
if we have repeating behavioral patterns that we can't kick, if we don't understand why we react to something the way that we do, because it doesn't make any logical sense. If we, um, you know, are afraid of heights for no reason. If we, you know, don't like shellfish, you know, like a lot of stuff can relate to stuff that happened in past lives. Um, I just, I, you know, like it's to help people get unstuck. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, is to help people get unstuck. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, I know we, you and I did not do a traditional past life regression, but you did uh, put me in under hypnosis and I am, I'm able to go really deep as well. And uh, I don't want to share too much about my personal details on here, but I will say that it was so profound, transformative and just incredible and has helped me so much. Um, and of course, when you got me out of the trans state and we compared experiences, it did, it yeah. just aligned and I cried and, <laughs> and I'm still, you know, it, you know, doing the work on that, but, uh, you as a facilitator and just the support system after, after the healing as well, I think, um, it's just been so profound and um, I highly recommend if you're listening or watching and this is, you're feeling this in your body, like, oh, I want to do that. Or that sounds like something I might need. I highly recommend Allison. Now, do you just do those in person or do you also offer those sessions virtually? I do offer sessions virtually. I prefer to work in person, but I've had really good I've had some really good results virtually as well yeah I imagine so um because you're just I mean I'm amazed I can't wait to uh, continue to work with you um and it's just been such a it's like an uncovering and it's been helping me get unstuck um and I just really valued the experience and I just think it's, I think it's amazing. And I think you should also teach hypnosis. Any plans yeah, for I that? <laughs> I don't have any plans for that at this point. <laughs> if I could put one more hat on my head, I wouldn't even, I, I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> I'm wearing a lot of hats at this point. I get it. I get it. Well, I guess sort of in alignment with past lives and the healing that I had, um, had a lot to do with a soul contract that I'm working through. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about soul contracts. Ooh, that's a big Ooh, Just a light. Let's just lightly talk about soul contracts, girl. <laughs> <laughs> just light. So <laughs> Um, and, you know, I had somebody not too long ago tell me that I need to dumb it down because I, I kind of, um, and I don't like that term, but yeah. the point of what she was trying to say, um, I think that everybody knows all the stuff that I know and it's not true, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like everybody knows that we choose the path that we're supposed to walk in any given lifetime. And nobody, people don't all know that, you know? Uh, so when we, before we inhabit a body, we meet with our council, our angels, our ancestors, our guides, any ascended masters who want in on the, uh, on the action and make a plan for what we need to do in any given lifetime for the soul's highest progression. And so there are all these other souls that kind of inc incorporate at the same time. So uh, this is called a soul pod. Okay. So there's a group of souls 
that all kind of come in together at the same time and kind of they're cont basically contemporaries. Um, families do this together a lot. Uh, close friends will sometimes be in your soul pod. Sometimes people you meet for one minute who say a sentence to you that changes the trajectory of your life is in your soul pod, right? Mm. So uh, the soul pod gets together and, um, and some of the people can already be in bodies. Some of the people can not be in a body yet. Time doesn't apply in that place. <laughs> so it's hard to talk about because of that. But um, so the soul pod will come together and everybody kind of agrees. Like, for example, um, say you had an abuser who just, you know, completely did all this horrible stuff to you when you were a kid or whenever. That person agreed to throw so that you can learn a lesson, right? Because when we're on the other side, we get it, right? We're made of love, we're made of light. And when you're in that place, nobody wants to be the bad guy, but we right. understand that we have to be sometimes. So uh, we, we all just kind of make this group agreement that we're all just gonna grow each other, okay? And so the agreement between individuals is called a soul contract. You can have a soul contract with your mother. Obviously you do, right? Um, that's gonna be one of the most intense ones, the close family. Um, with lovers, those, are, those always grow us a whole lot too. Um, with, uh, like I said, the person that you meet who says that one word to you, right? So, uh, the soul contract is a very big subject and um, we, all, we all enter into these things willingly because we know that we have to go through it all to get home, right? The whole goal is to go home, right? So because source is everything, light and shadow and everything, mm. every gray in between, we have to experience every single aspect of humanity to get, to get our wings, if you will, to pass the test, to graduate, okay? <laughs> so we have to be the midwife. It's just what in any given lifetime you're here to learn. So I don't know any, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what else to say about that. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, those are my beliefs as well. Um, for me, what's challenging, and maybe you can talk about this is I understand in the 5D, right, in the higher levels of consciousness that these people that hurt us have said, you know, up there, over there, wherever this happens, right, before we come into this physical form, they're like, I'm going to throw myself under the bus for you. I'm going to do all this horrible shit to you so you can ascend and you can grow. And I just got chills even saying that. Mm -hmm. But what's hard for me and my I don't know if this is my ego or what, maybe you can help me decipher this, but for me, then it becomes hard to like, okay, if they love me so much in the 5d and that they've thrown their themselves under the bus, then like, why isn't this working in this reality? And also how does somebody like create and maintain a, a boundary there? Do you know, does that even, I don't even know if this English is working to get out what I'm trying to ask you, if that I, even makes sense. Because we've worked together, I know exactly what you're saying. Thank you, Allison. Uh, <laughs> Explain to the people because I'm like, blah, 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 English. <laughs> understanding that somebody threw themselves under the bus for you, just to use those words again. Mm-hmm. 
And understanding it with your mind and your spirit is one thing. Understanding it with your body is something completely different. Okay. Mm -hmm. Until we get it through our thick skulls that the bad stuff is growing us, our body's not going to get it. And everything we do on this dimension, on this planet, has to, has to be understood by the body before we can move on. Hmm. Your mind can understand something 100%. But until your body gets it, you're not going to get past it. I can't remember what the second part of the question was. Um, I guess it's like, if you can, if you can comprehend that this person did this, and it, it's really coming from a high, high level of love. How do we still maintain like a boundary? Like, okay, that I know in the higher realms, you love me, but you cannot be in my life in this realm. That's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't know if that makes sense of a question. No, it totally. That's what's coming out for the podcast. So maybe someone listening, this will resonate with them too. They're maybe they're struggling with, with that too. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to know when you've gotten when you've when you've gotten to the end of that workbook, right? So once you understand intellectually that you've gotten to the end of this lesson, then it's time for you to start training your body to understand it. Mm. The best way we can do that is with radical self-love. Right. Mm. So, you know, Oh, I want this person in my life, but they're bad for me. They're bad for you. Right. So in order to love yourself, what do you need to do? You need to not have this person in your life. It's all about, it's all about taking care of self first because that's why we're here, right? We're here for us as an individuation of source, as a fractal of God to Mm. understand all the stuff, right? So And everything is about love. It's all the universal frequency is love. So if you don't love yourself enough to put that person aside, you're not getting the lesson. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you have to love yourself for, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to love yourself. First. And you have to love yourself immaculately, divinely, fully, wholeheartedly, joyfully. Like all the ways that you can love yourself, you have to love yourself first. Because that's the whole lesson right? Is how to live. Amen. Right. How to live in unconditional love. Yeah. That's definitely, of course you already know, but that's definitely where I'm at in my journey. And, um, and I know you've shared some things about your own journey with, with that. Um, and then, you know, you just poured all that love back into yourself that you were pouring into another relationship, and, um, and then it kind of led to the beautiful relationship that you have now. So, and that's, and I've been, you know, how everything is energy and frequency and vibration. I keep finding these different like talks on Instagram or Facebook. It just keeps popping up and it's like, I love myself. I love myself. And now I'm in this divine sacred union. And that's, that's literally where I'm at. I'm trying to be in union with myself, Div- union, unioning. That's not a word. Aligning. Huh? It is now. now. (laughs) Um, 
just becoming more in alignment with my divine feminine and my own divine masculine, right? And then just being in that and loving myself and pouring all that back into myself. So I think it's really important that you shared that. I think it's amazing. And just watching other people like you and just these ran, even the randoms that pop up on my like social media, they're expanders for me. They show me that I'm in alignment. I'm on the path. So, um, I think that's really, that's really great. And, and when you talk about radical self-love, we're not just talking about bubble baths and like spa treatments, right? Let's like, Tell us about what, what, the, what it means, more of what it means. Something that uh, I got a hit while you were talking. Oh, girl. <laughs> one of the things that I have come to understand about being able to receive divine union is it's kind of about service. Mm. Mm -hmm. So to serve this other divine being, we have to be pouring from the overflow. Mm. So we have to fill that cup up for ourselves first. Yeah. Then once your cup is full and starts to overflow, that's when the frequency of being in a place to be able to serve another human being as your divine counterpart starts to, you know, go out and then, and that starts to come back. So what are, and I absolutely love that. I, uh, I think Sarah, I heard Sarah say that one time too. I think like you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't, you have to make sure that the cup is like, is full. And like, then you, and the overflow goes to the others that you can yeah. give to. So Absolutely. I really love, love that uh, analogy as well. Um, but what are some like self-love practices that you can, that you can talk about um, on here that you want to share that maybe you've done too? <laughs> okay. Everybody's going to hate me for about five minutes. <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm here for this <laughs> and everyone uh, listening is here for it. I just talked about all this in my um, workshop that I did the other night. Oh, yeah. Self-love. Okay. Clean your freaking house. Yes. Your bedroom, especially your master bath. Mm -hmm. Put your laundry away. Make sure your vanity area is clean. Give yourself a beautiful clean shower or tub. All these things. It sounds like work, right? Guess what? It is. Mm Mm-hmm but you have to serve yourself before you can serve anyone else, right? Plus all those things are opportunities to weave magical intent into your life, right? So like you're making your bed. As I put my pillow down, I set the intent that I am going to get restful sleep and remember my dreams right? As I put my laundry away, I set the intent that I am going to be able to present my best self to the world so that I can serve to the best of my ability. Um, All the things give you an opportunity to build that intent into your life. And the more intent you can build into your life, the higher your signal gets to the universe of what you want your life to look like. It's just that simple. So everything you do can be an act of self-love if you do it with mindfulness and the right intent, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. I, I love that. I, uh, I listened to this. I don't know if you listen to Matt Kahn or if you're familiar with Matt Kahn. Uh, he did this intimacy and relationship talk a couple weeks ago and it was really great. And he basically said what you just said, like do everything as an act of service, like an act of service to God. Like even when you're washing the dishes, like even when you're making your bed, like live your life, like a total act of service to God, 
he also talked about like living it as if like now if you're single, like living it like you are doing those things for yourself and for that person that's coming into your life. So it's basically what you just said is doing everything with intent of love and service and showing up to the best of your ability, whether that's literally like cleaning the floors in your house or going out and teaching yoga classes or doing healings for people or, or working in the matrix or whatever you do, you know, just yeah. do it as an act of service and an act of self-love. So I love that you said that. And I definitely, I just, um, that's kind of where I got to with my healing with you is like, everything just came all the way back full circle to love, like went right back into that loving vibration and, and helped me to, you know, move, move some energy. So I love that everything is really all about, it's really all about love. <laughs> right. It really, like, is. it really is like what we came here to learn how to do that always and in all ways. And sometimes that means, right. That means doing the difficult things mm -hmm. like, What's your thought about, this has been coming into my brain the last couple of days, that nothing worthwhile is easy. Things <laughs> that are worth it are hard. Let, can we talk about that a little bit? Like it's been coming into my brain the last few days, maybe so we could talk about it on this podcast, but it's just something that's been coming up for me, maybe for other people as well. Um, I think that by and large, that's true. I don't think it's wholly true. Mm -hmm. sometimes things come easily because you're in a state of flow, because you are walking the right path, because you um, maybe have experienced this stuff in a past life. So you already know how to do it somewhere in your soul, right? Sometimes if you are in true alignment with yourself and your purpose, things can be easy. Mm -hmm. getting in alignment <laughs> with yourself and your soul purpose is not freaking easy. And, okay. And you have to constantly course correct to make sure that you stay there. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, and the further out of alignment we get, the harder everything becomes. Like even putting the dishes away, you're mm. like, why do I keep dropping forks? And like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's everything, right? So I feel like, and you know, nobody is, nobody's a, I, I often tell people this when I'm teaching meditation, nobody is a 359th level guru, okay? <laughs> There's no such freaking thing. So, right. You know, you can't, you can't expect to, oh, I know my life's purpose and I'm in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm good for the rest of my life. No, no, <laughs> no. Because what's going to happen is the minute you start thinking like that, somebody's going to come along and say something completely innocuous to you. And you're going to take it completely the wrong way and, and stray off of your path because of somebody else's influence and they weren't even trying to influence you mm. right it's mm -hmm. all about um deepening continuing and deepening the lessons that we're supposed to learn and and making ourselves better every day yeah so, um yes good things are hard because the good things come when we get into alignment and getting mm. into alignment is hard yeah. Okay. I like that. I vibe with that. Um, cause I thought, I thought about that, like get Yeah. That resonates <laughs> like getting into alignment can be hard, but once you're in alignment things, you're in your, you're in your center of attraction, you're in your vibration. So you're going to bring those things in, which at that point it can be easy person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I um, mean yeah, relatively. It's all relative. But yeah, um, do, so talking about soul contracts and lessons and people and all that, what about this idea of everybody being a mirror? 
I know I'm throwing these light questions out for top of Tuesday today, but I know you can handle it. So. <laughs> Everybody is your mirror. Yeah. Is your mirror. I'm going to tell you a story. Tell us about, I was living in an artist collective. <laughs> I freaking love you by the way. <laughs> I love you too. Like Grateful Dead shows, Artist Collective. Like, no wonder I love you. You're a fairy. You're a fairy. I'm a freaking. <laughs> you are. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm working with Artist Collective, and we, none of us wanted to put our names on our food. So we <laughs> all pitched in, because that just gets stupid and gross. It doesn't feel good, right? When you ate my peanuts, or you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and there were sometimes five, sometimes seven of us, depending on how rich the core people felt and if we needed to rent out those other rooms. <laughs> so, um, so we all put a certain amount of money in the kitty every month and we grocery shopped communally. And then we would um, often, we often probably ate dinner together more than a lot of families did. Mm-hmm. We would eat dinner together probably five nights a week. And everybody just ate what they wanted and it was all good. And nobody had to fight about the food and nobody had to freak out, whatever. And there's a slush fund in case we run out of milk and, you know. So I was in this place where I was really looking at that mirror concept oh yeah let's talk about it I was okay so if somebody did something that pissed me off all right what is it in me that I don't like about myself that mirrors what that person did to piss me off and I was deep in it I was uh it was like I said right around that Saturn return Um, I was really deep in this concept and I was practicing every day, like every single person that I came across that rubbed me any type the wrong way. I would, I would dig into that shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, no apologies needed. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) so I had gone to, I had done the grocery shopping. And I had picked up this bright apricots from Trader Joe's. It was probably a couple of pounds. And I went looking for them like the next day or something. And I couldn't find them. And I was like, all right. So we had this one roommate named Marcus and he would um, he was a web designer and he would work all night and sleep all day. And it was the middle of the afternoon. And I was like, I bet you five bucks. If I walk into Marcus's room, these apricots are going to be right next to his computer <laughs> because he took them in there and forgot to bring them back out here. Mm-hmm. So I go in there and the package is there and the apricots are completely gone. This was like two days later and it was like a lot of apricots and I, I got pissed not because the apricots were gone, but because I was like this Emmer effer probably sat next to this computer and just mindlessly ate all of these apricots and he didn't even enjoy them. And he just, he just mindlessly ate them and I was getting pissed. And then I was like, okay, hold up, hold up hold up. What's going on with me? I do that with cigarettes. (laughs) I never smoke another cigarette. Never. Because something clicked, right? Like I saw the behavior in him and it grossed me out. And then I mirrored it back on myself and I saw the behavior in me and it grossed me out. So I just, I just, I never smoked another cigarette. Damn. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. And so I do believe that that everybody's our mirror because we're all, like I said, fractals of God. We're all the same thing. Yeah, we are. We really are. 
And I love that you mentioned like the people that, that piss you off. Like you notice them, you notice them. Of course you notice the ones that love you, whatever, but this whole concept, I, you know, I could walk into a room and 99 people, they love me, but one person doesn't like me. So I'm going to focus in on that. And I've also the last couple of days have been noticing and what's been coming to me is like noticing my triggers and then flipping it like what's going on with with me. And I keep coming to this statement of the triggers are the teachers, the triggers are the teachers. And how can I look at these people or situations that trigger me with unconditional love and less judgment and just more understanding and acceptance and flipping it, always flipping it back on me, which can be really hard, right? Because if someone is, is being really awful to you or triggering you really triggering you really bad. And then you also think about that whole mirroring concept. It's like, does that mean that I'm that bad as well? Like I've, I've personally gotten caught up in that type of a belief system with the mirroring. And also by listening to Abraham Hicks, the law of attraction says, you know, you attract what you, what you are essentially. Right. Yeah. And that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes if you are in relationships and, and I don't mean just romantic, I mean, any relationship, everything is a relationship, right? If you think about it, everything is a relationship. So if you're having this experience and it's unpleasant, you have to look at you. Mm-hmm. Like it all comes back to you, mm-hmm. which can be really difficult sometimes, right? Yeah. I used to, um, I used to draw cartoons, like comic <laughs> strips. Oh, I just love it. I just love your life. <laughs> One of the things that, uh, one of the things about drawing comics is you can get a lot of information across with very simple lines, right? Mm -hmm. You can change somebody from happy to angry with eyebrows that go like this, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can distill these things down to those, those simple lines. It's easier to define what it is in yourself. Like with Marcus and the apricots, it wasn't that he ate the apricots. It was the idea of mindless consumption, mm. right? So to be able to pull these simple concepts out of, um, convoluted situations it's easier to then look take that simple concept and look inside yourself and see what it what do I do that's mindless consumption Mm. right yes how would somebody get to those simple lines in a situation introspection you know um studying human nature um, if, if people need help to run it by your friends, like, look, mm-hmm. this person did something and it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I cannot figure out why, like, why did him eating the apricots piss me off so much? It wasn't the five bucks. Cause I mean, who cares about five bucks? Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the fact that I couldn't have any apricots, like to help me f- understand what that was, you know, mm-hmm. the court system will help you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How to, how to distill these concepts down into something that you can uh, easily chew on, you know? Yeah. I find that the things that trigger and bother me are usually things that I have done that I've grown past that I can recognize or things that I do that spirit is mirroring back to me like you you do this this is annoying to you so uh it's it's always a it's always a teaching it's always a teaching moment you know or sometimes the mirror could be mirroring 
what you're allowing and what you're accepting and your level of self-worth, especially if we go back to the, you know, the abuser scenario, it's I'm allowing that to happen. And it's mirroring to me the amount of self-worth that I don't have or have. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's so hard. These are such deep concepts. It's so hard sometimes to get it through the throat chakra, like to get it out in English. That makes sense. You know what I mean? You I know do. what I mean? I absolutely do. I, it's all here. It's coming down, but I'm like, well, how do I get it out? That makes sense. Like, I guess dumbing it down, like you said before, which I don't like that term either, but it's exactly, that's exactly it. Right. It's such it, there's so much depth to this, but there's also so much simplicity to it as well. It's like the nature of life. <laughs> so when we still become triggered by things that we used to do, mm-hmm. what do we do? The, the Where to go from there is to come in a place of gratitude Mm. for being in a place where you're not doing that anymore come to a place of forgiveness Mm. for yourself again with that radical self-love forgive yourself for having engaged in those practices and then also come into a place of compassion for yeah. the other person, because that's where they still are. Mm, yes. So if you, if you can do the gratitude, forgiveness, compassion thing, the trigger will go away. Yes. So, and that being said, let's say this person that's triggering you is, is someone that you're close with. Do you keep them in your life? Or like back to that boundary thing again. And I don't know why we're here today, but we're here. I hope you're good with it. But it's, it's like, is it an alignment? <laughs> um, it's like, yeah. The whole boundary thing again. Somebody that's triggering you, like, do you keep them around? What do you, what do, you do? All right. I'm the first person to admit that I do not have all the answers. Okay. (laughs) And here's where I'm at currently with that exact situation. My mom has gotten so negative in her old age. It's unreal. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, we went to go pick up a prescription the other day and the line at the drive-thru was super duper long. And I was like, we're going to come back after we go to the grocery store. She goes, it'll just be as long then. And I was like, or there could be nobody, you know? And, um, so I'm in this place with her where, and she and I just talked about this a couple of days ago. I don't know how to navigate this myself. Like I am trying to hold a boundary against that negative energy because mm-hmm. I can't let that into my field. Right. I can't disown my mom. I'm the only one who can take care of her. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of checked out on some level, which yeah. is not cool. But I also don't know how to um, how to keep that boundary and engage at the same time. So it's it's that's that you know might be a question for when you have a therapist or a counselor on. <laughs> I don't know if I have one of those coming up, but if anyone out there is listening and is a therapist or a counselor and you want to come on here and talk about that, let's do it. Um, you should probably reach out to Vanessa Parrish. I, I've been thinking about her lately. Okay. Vanessa, if you're listening, actually, I'm going to message you after this because I've been thinking about her. I'm so glad that you said that. I would love to have her on here. Yeah, she's amazing. And she could probably answer that question way better than I could ever dream of. 
It's okay. I guess like we're both experiencing that. And so maybe the collective, whoever is listening to this is, is experiencing that as well. And so they won't feel alone in that. Um, damn, we are coming up on the hour, but there's one last, I know, right. We could talk forever. You can, you're welcome to come back on for part two and any, I I'm just enjoying this so much. The last question that I have (laughs) Because we talked about soul contracts and I feel like this is all like, it's all relevant. Everything that we've discussed so far, how do you feel? How do you know when a skull, soul, skull, a soul contract, I just combined those words has expired. Woo-wee, that's a big one. I know. And we're definitely coming up on the hour in three minutes, but whatever. I, I, I want to know since you've done so much work with past lives and, and all that, if you have a concept of, of when, when is that, when is it done here on this plane, on the earth plane? Short answer. The short answer (laughs) is when you can think of that person, be around that person, talk to that person, and it doesn't pull on any of your energy centers anymore. Ooh, right yeah if you can if it especially if it's a tumultuous relationship right if you can interact with that person's energy and it doesn't it doesn't pull on you anywhere Mm -hmm. you know that you're done right getting to the place where the lesson has been learned is not always the same place as where the contract has expired. If that makes what sense. Do you, what do you mean? <laughs> we can learn the lesson mentally, right? We can learn the lesson on a soul level, but until our body gets the freaking memo, it's the contract is not, is not done. So, like I said, get to the place where the lesson has been learned. So you can sit there and go, okay, well, this person came here to teach me this. But mm-hmm. if your thought is, oh, but whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're not done, if that makes sense. Um, so I you can thought- get to the part where the lesson is intellectualized. But that doesn't mean that it's done until it's done from your body. Yeah, because we're here on this plane in this on this planet in this. In this. <laughs> yeah. Like in this three-dimensional plane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For a reason. Mm-hmm. It's it's to navigate the density of being in the three-dimensional plane and having a body and all that so these low slow vibrations of the body especially the uh especially the root chakra Mm -hmm. your your crown and your third eye and your throat have a pretty high oscillation yeah. Your heart has a pretty high oscillation. Once you start getting down into the solar plexus, the sacrum mm-hmm. and, the, and the root, that, that oscillation becomes lower and slower. Mm-hmm. So your mind can get the message in there, right? But your, your lower chakras are taking a longer time to get there, if that makes sense. Does that make makes- sense? Yes, it makes sense. It does make sense. And also maybe they're just, it's, it's all good, right? Like there isn't necessarily a timeline on, on grief or on, on any of it. Their time doesn't even, time's not even real, but anyways, that's a whole other podcast. Um, It is. It literally is. We could probably talk about that for a really long time. I guess just being feeling your feelings and being where you are, it's all part of it. Yep. We don't have to have all the answers. I don't, you don't, nobody really does. What we do have to do, we have to sit in our shit. Yes. 
We have to feel it to heal it. Yeah, they say feel it to heal it. Yep. Yep. But it's so true. It's like, but it's real. It's real. Uh, Allison, I have loved this conversation so, so much. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you. And um, if, how can people connect with you if they'd like to book with you or talk to you? What are the outlets uh, to reach you? So uh, my Facebook page is Magic Room Ministries. Magic with a K, y'all. With a K, that's correct. Magic Room Ministries. I don't really do a lot of other social media. My Bless phone you. is posted everywhere. <laughs> so just call me. And I am, I'm the, uh, unless it says spam risk, I answer the phone if I can. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, just reach out and, um, you know. I, you don't have to hire me to do a session. I will be glad to talk to mm, you. you. I just want to say that, you know, I can't say enough good things. You have been so supportive through my process, even when I didn't know what the process was. And you, you know, you did speak to me and, and we ended up doing what we thought we were going to do in the beginning anyway. Um, and you've just been a great support us. Uh, after after as well and I just think you're such a light and such a guide and thank you so much for doing this with me today I hope everybody enjoyed the conversation and uh yeah just super excited you should definitely come back on the podcast we could talk about time and all that (laughs) (laughs) right yes so thank you everybody so much for listening oh yeah absolutely Uh, Thank you so much to everybody listening or or watching, however you're consuming the information. Please reach out to Allison if you felt any pings or just felt it in your body uh, listening to this. And I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you.